notice when it comes to advice on growing our small businesses, just about everything is focused on sales, marketing, and revenue generation. I mean, that's super important, but as a business owner, you know there's a lot more to running a business than just revenue generation. I mean, there are other things like, how do you get your business to run day-to-day without you? How do you find the right people to build your company? And how do you keep your stress level under control so your business doesn't run your life? And many more areas. If you want to learn not only how to grow your revenue through strong marketing and sales, but also how to handle all the other parts of being a successful business owner, you're in the right place. This podcast is dedicated to discovering the answers for small business owners looking to grow, optimize, and scale their businesses. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a 9-to-5 job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe, and welcome home. Let me ask you a question. What's the most difficult position to hire for at a company? Is it the CEO or upper management? Um, Is it the line workers that are actually doing the thing, administrative people? Is it IT people, HR people? None of the above, I would say. I'm Robert Poole. Welcome to the Growing Your Small Business Show. Today, we're going to talk about the most difficult hiring for the most difficult position, and that's top producing salespeople. I've been doing this for 25 years, and hiring top salespeople is probably the most difficult thing that any business owner will do. So let's talk about that. If you've ever wondered how you hire a good salesperson, you've come to the right place, and it's exactly what we're going to talk about uh, in today's episode. And you know, the reason I think this is so important is because I've done it for many, many years, and I did it for the long way, many, many years, and I think we've figured out a lot of the ways to make it right. So let's talk about that. You know, you know I first started out in business, and with our first company, I went through the, uh, when we needed salespeople, and we got big enough, we could, it was somebody besides me, we went through the real the pain of uh, trying to hire good salespeople, and if you've ever done it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, we did the sort of the throw everything against the wall and, you know, give them commissions and hope they they work out because we didn't know any better or the interview of, hey, how's the weather? And, you know, how are you doing today? Tell me about yourself. Um, Those kind of things and just kind of guessing who was going to work out, who who had a vibrant personality, you know, who was going to work out in that sense, you know, and uh, because everybody always thinks, well, you know, they're a bubbly person. Oh, yeah, they'll be a great salesperson, you know, Um, which we'll talk about that later. Uh, But, you know, we had all kinds of crazy stuff happen. And the frustration, though, in years of doing that is that it was so hit and miss. And we raised it so much money. I mean, just tons of money. And depending on what kind of, you know, sales you're hiring, whether they're straight commission, they're salary plus commission, draw against but any number of things, you know, if that benefits or not, whatever it is, it's super expensive. Uh, Business owner standpoint, it's extremely stressful, too, because you're constantly trying to hire the right people. And then you're tolerating people trying to figure out who you should get rid of, who you shouldn't, all that. And uh, I don't know if you can relate to any of this, but it is not was not easy to figure this out. And uh, it's only been probably in the last five to 10 years that I really figured out how to do this. And the biggest thing is that I realized that sales is not a talent. It's a skill. You know, and some people will disagree with that. But if you stick with me, I think I'll show you why that makes a difference and, and why that's true. So again, you know, a long time ago when we were started out, you know, doing this, um, you know, we would hire salespeople and so frustrating because one, we could barely get people to show up for the job. And so it was kind of like if you showed up and, you know, you're breathing, pretty much you were hired back then because we hired all, all locally. There was no remote workers and that sort of thing like we have these days. 
uh, it was whatever the local work pool is. And, you know, the, because we were doing phone sales, of course, you know, it's, it attracts a different kind of person. We'll say it that way. Um, not high end executive, you know, salespeople. It's own, you know, that make, you know, quarter million dollars. These are lower end uh, of the salary range uh, and commission based uh, type of people. And, um, you know, we'll get some, some very entertaining stories. I'll say it that way, but well, it was just thrown against the wall, you know, wasted an enormous amount of money, enormous amount of time on my part, my business partner's part, um, all the people in our office, going through the interviewing only for next week when they didn't either show up or we had to fire them because they weren't producing. It's just, oh, what a mess, you know. And uh, so we went through all that. And what I realized along the way, again, was that sales is actually a skill and it's not a talent. And I figured out the ways and what attributes that top salespeople have that other people don't have. And if we know those things, it makes it so much easier to be able to hire right, be able to find the right salespeople uh, and train them in the right way. Because if we don't, then we get all those things we talked about, that revolving door, that huge waste of money, um, all that kind of stuff. And as a business owner, that's super important to us because how can we run in we can generate all the revenue we want in the world, but if we give it all away because we're wasting away on salespeople that don't work out, good luck with that model. Um, so it's one of the most frustrating but important things for us to get down. Bottom line, if we know the attributes of a great salesperson and we can spot those a mile away, what does it limit the mistakes that we make in hiring? I mean, we're never going to be 100% perfect, but the mistakes that we make in hiring are so costly, whether it's for salespeople or someone else, both in terms of time and money. Uh, but if we know those things up front, they're easy to spot, you know, and it's, so it's, if you get this right, it's no more stress, you know, because let's face it, any business owner who's a decent person doesn't like to fire people, you know, unless that person's a real jerk, and then you might get some pleasure out of that. But in general, we don't like to fire people, you know, and that's not a fun part of our job. It creates the stress. We hire somebody. We think they're all, we're all excited. They're going to do great. And then we see them actually in action. We're like, oh, no, we just made another mistake, you know. Knowing these attributes gets rid of all that. If you haven't hired salespeople, but you will someday, then you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Or hopefully you won't go through that frustration if you focus on what we're going to talk about in this episode. When I'm going to talk about these attributes of salespeople, this is not done by some study from some psychology, you know, study by a, a large company, whatever. This is based purely on my experience, and so it's my opinion. But just to give you a background, um, you know, I probably, I was adding up, I probably hired uh, over 100 in-person uh, salespeople that worked in phone rooms for us and that sort of thing. These are phone uh, sales professionals. Uh, and then, you know, if you count um, just cold callers that we have working for us doing lead generation and things like that, you know, it's probably upwards of 500, you know, over 25 years doing this. So I've seen a lot of people, and that has given me some idea that there's, there's things that you can look at in a group of people and realize that there's commonalities. You know, you got to be an idiot, you know, not to pick up on the themes after a while. So I've had a lot of experience in that. And so I, I never really thought about it, though, until recently. I kind of put down these attributes. I thought, what are the top things that I've noticed over the years? And that's what I wanted to share with you today. Okay, so let's get into some specifics. Again, um, if you've ever hired salespeople before, particularly in person, um, you know, whether they're door-to-door people, whether they're retail salespeople, um, whether they're phone salespeople, Unfortunately, uh, in the phone sales telemarketing world, um, if you've ever seen some of those movies like Boiler Room and uh, some of those other crazy movies about um, you know telemarketing rooms, so to speak, um, you can you know even in the movies they, they put crazy characters in there, but in real life it's even crazier. 
you know, we had a guy, an um, older gentleman that, um, you know, bless his heart, but, um, you know, he came out, he worked for us for two days um, before we had to let him go, and um, we kind of gave him a nickname, Narco, and it's not because he was, you know, a Colombian trafficker of cocaine, it was because the poor guy seemed like he had narcolepsy, he would literally be on the phone talking to somebody, and he would fall asleep, you know, um, we've had another girl that show up and, you know, get on the phone, and she was clearly drunk from the night before, you know, we've had a guy that was on the phone with a prospect and got mad because the prospect wasn't cooperating and he told the guy he was going to, you know, effing kill him, uh, come to his, his place of business. So, you know, we've had all kinds of stuff over the years and all kinds of crazy people. Um, and those are obviously not the people that we want or anybody wants with their business, you know. Um, but it's just the nature of when you're trying to hire for sales position because a lot of people think, and this is a perception of sales, that a lot of people think that, well, you get a job in sales because you can't do anything else because it takes no skill and it's just a personality thing to BS your way through something and twist somebody's arm, it's tenacity or whatever. And that's not true at all, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, if you look at it, you know, it's it's a very difficult thing to do if you don't know what you're doing because especially if you're trying to do it the wrong way and the wrong way is to focus on the sales personality, so to speak, which is, I mean, what do we all say? You know, that person is, you know, they're real jovial, they're um, outgoing, they, they like to... BS and tell stories or whatever. They tell jokes, you know, ha, 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 you know, they're the life of the party. And that's who we think of as salespeople. They think, oh, that person's a great salesperson, you know, because of that. And when, in effect, that's not really true because an introvert, somebody who's quiet or whatever, can blow an extrovert out of the uh, water every time, you know, if they have the right skills, uh, sales skills. So it really is a skill and it's not a talent. Um, and we'll talk about what those um, skills are in a second. Again, if we know these top attributes of salespeople, then we can identify them up front and we waste a lot less time, we save an enormous amount of money, and we actually enjoy bringing on new people for our sales force. Okay, so let's uh, get these down. Uh, let's start with, there's actually five attributes, I think, that I'm sure there's more, but these are the top five ones I came up with. And, um, you know, if you're in sales or whatever, uh, you may not agree with this, but again, hey, this is after hundreds of people, this is my opinion of what I've seen, and uh, I think it's pretty accurate. So what's the first thing that most uh, top producers have in common? Well, it's that P word, prospecting, which you know most salespeople, amazingly enough, do not like to do. Um, and it's understandable because most of the time they do it wrong and because it's painful, like we talked about, you know, in different, I mean, we talked about uh, closing and the HSC model and things, and it makes sense why they don't like to prospect because it's painful and it's full of rejection because it's being done wrong. Um, but so it's the first attribute is prospecting and prospecting daily and consistently. One of the things that I've seen top sets will do is they will prospect, even if it's, you know, even if they're, they've got a great pipeline and they're busy doing other stuff and they're just in closing mode, they will prospect for new prospects minimum hour a day, no matter what. And they will block that out on their calendar. What most of them will do it first thing in the morning, which is what I always recommend uh, when I learned sales. And they do that because they know that if they don't stay focused on putting prospects into the pipeline, they're going to start caring about that one lead, so to speak. Well, I get this one guy who's about to buy. And, uh, you know, that sort of attitude. And that's a, a huge thing that you see the opposite with. Poor salespeople don't prospect consistently. They'll, you know, get a you know, role, you know, it's like, hey, I did an hour today of phone calls when we were I did an hour, you know, day before, and then I'm going to take today off, you know. Uh, you don't see top salespeople doing that because they understand you cannot get momentum without it. 
prospecting is the number one thing. Again, they don't focus on the one lead because they don't have to. You know, the second one is their customer focus. That sounds, you know, kind of cheesy, like, oh, yeah, customer focused. No, I'm, I'm serious. The top salespeople actually care about their customers and care about their prospects. They really believe in what they're selling. They believe that they're changing somebody's life for the better. And they're not about twisting arms. They're about influencing people to do something that actually benefits them. And if the top salespeople, if they um, know that their product or service, whatever they're offering, it's not appropriate for that person, even if they've got the, the skill to kind of trick the person into buying, they won't do it. They'll walk away from the sale. And you know what? That actually helps them become a better salesperson, have better results because the prospects know that. You know, we can try, you know, deceiving each other, but humans are very good at picking up on another person if the other person is being honest and telling the truth or not. And, you know, a lot of times they will pick up on that, even if it's very subtle, a prospect will say, you know what, I don't don't trust this guy because he's saying stuff and he's trying to push me into this thing, but I I don't know if that's right for me type of thing. And they will know, you know, because we can pick that up as humans. And they, But the opposite of that is true, that if the salesperson, a top salesperson, tells them, you know what, I, I, I think this product would be great. It's a great product, um, or this is a great service. It's really fantastic. Da, da, da. But given your situation and what you need right now and what you're telling me you desire, I don't think this is right for you, so I don't want to sell this to you. Um, and you know what? That makes a huge difference, and that comes across to the other person. And guess what? They're going to be referring their friends and saying, hey, you know what? This product wasn't appropriate for me, but it looks like it might be for you. You need to call that guy because he's honest. And that is a huge thing. Honesty in sales and being upfront with people, being willing to turn it down. So that's number two for, uh, you know, customer focus for top salespeople. Uh, let's see. Number three, I'm storytellers. You know, we talk about this is part of the HSC model that I talk about a lot, the story aspect. And this is where the confusion comes in when people think, oh, they're a great salesperson because they're a BSer, you know, they're um, somebody who's always telling a story or making a joke or whatever, you know. The only reason those people tend to be okay in sales, it would be BSers, if you will, is because they do tell stories, which stories are an important part of selling. But they're, the other two aspects, the H and the C, are not done correctly and the story isn't used correctly. So, again, somebody who's an introvert who doesn't have that natural storytelling ability uh, to just kind of talk about stuff off the cuff, you know, they, they may do better than the person who's the extrovert, um, but it's story. And it's not just story that they're good at. They're good at painting a picture because we all think in pictures, painting a picture for the prospect, putting the prospect in the middle of the story so the prospect is picturing themselves and comparing themselves to the character of whoever's in the story and seeing that, that character that they can relate to so well because of the way the salesperson is crafting the story and seeing that character move towards the solution that the salesperson is selling. That's about changing beliefs that we talk about a lot also, um, you know, as part of the story. And that's because if we don't do that part, the whole closing, that's when we get into the arm twist and everything else that gives salespeople a bad rap. But professionals know how to tell the story involve the prospect in that story and help them, you know, visually see themselves moving towards their solution and start as a user of that solution. And once they make that identity shift, bam, now all they need to be is close and just given the reason to buy. So they're great storytellers. Intentional language. 
What do I mean by that? In general language, I mean, when we're talking about phone sales, um, you know, people always think about scripts and they think, well, I don't need to use a script because, you know, um, every conversation is different and, you know, you can't, you know, memorize a bunch of lines or whatever. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, well, you're wrong. Um, sorry, but I've been doing phone sales a long time and scripts are absolutely critical to what you're doing. And oh, by the way, you're already using them. So don't and poo-poo them. We all use scripts on a daily basis. I mean, somebody asks you, you know, hey, how are you doing today? Guarantee you'll be one of those people who'll be like, oh, great. How are you? Or I'm good. Or, you know, I'm uh, six feet above ground or, you know, whatever. You know, you have the same pat answer every time, most of likely. Um, we don't vary it because it's a script in our head that we just boom, boom, boom. It just comes out. And it's the same thing. We're talking to our kids. We're talking to our friend. We're talking about this subject, that subject. We use the same phrases over and over again. And in sales, a person will go to their first sales presentation and they may have an outline, but they don't have a script or whatever. They don't have specific wording come up with. And so they'll just kind of, blah, you know, and that's where you get into the, you know, feature barfing and all that kind of stuff. And, but the problem is they've done all that. They haven't thought about it, what they're saying. They're just saying it. Nothing happens. They don't get the sale. But what do they do? They go to the next one. And what's the brain do when they go to the next prospect? The brain goes, well, let's see. Last time I used this language, I said this, this, and this, these phrases. So I'm going to say them again because I already know those. And it makes it a lot easier and more comfortable. So over, over time, somebody's using a script in their head. And we all do it again, whether in sales or not. And the wording that's in there is by accident. It's not uh, intentional. But top professionals who are salespeople, they use intentional language, meaning they've thought about the words they're using. Are the words that they're using in a specific phrase, is, is that, um, does that create the image in the person's head of what they're trying to say? Because, you know, there's a difference between, you know, hey, do you want to sell your home or, hey, do you want to sell your house? Because our home is a, an emotional thing that is important to most of us. It's security, safety. But when you want to sell your house, it's just this asset you're getting rid of. And that little subtle change in wording makes a difference. And they've shown studies on that kind of stuff. And so professional sales people use intentional language. They've thought about what they're going to say. They've memorized it. And, you know, not a one rote, you know, telemarketing script or something like that, but they know the right phrases. They know the right stories to tell. And if you listen to any good salesperson over and over again, watching with a presentation with a different prospect, you hear the same lines over and over again. Not necessarily the same order, but you hear the same stuff over and over again. And that's because they use intentional language. Okay. Um, and so what's the last one? Great closers. So in addition to being great storytellers, they're great closers. And while everybody thinks, oh, geez, you know, i got to be a great closer. You know, i got to be really, you know, twist somebody's arm. And again, if you're twisting somebody's arm or it's taking a lot of effort to close somebody, then you're doing it all wrong uh, because the close should be the easiest part of any sale. Uh, by the time they get to the close, the prospect should be almost asking you to buy. In fact, a lot of times they will if it's done right. But it goes back to story and the hook and the HSC model. And if all that's done correctly, then close is just, it's all about helping a prospect get over just that initial kind of, you know, status quo. I want this, but, you know, I, you know, maybe I can put it off until next week. You know, maybe I can, you know, ask my spouse as an excuse to procrastinate on this decision or whatever, you know, um, and helping them get through that. And most salespeople hate closing because they feel like they're asking somebody to do something they don't want to do 
and they feel like they're manipulating, which they are because they're doing it wrong. But done correctly, a top salesperson has no problem asking for the order, so to speak, asking for the clothes because they know they're helping somebody. They know that that person wants that. They know that it's good for them. And they know that they just need to help them get over that last little hump and they can uh, make a difference. So they have complete confidence. There's no guilt. There's no hesitation. Um, and so great top salespeople know how to close. They know how to do it properly with you know the um, USF model we talked about before. These are the top five that I found. Again, I'm sure there are more, but um, these are the, the, of all the hundreds of salespeople I've dealt with and hired over the years, the most successful ones all have all of these, or at least the majority of them. So, okay, so what do you actually do with these? Now that we know these, um, well, the best thing to do is, first of all, let's say you're hiring for sales before a salesperson. You want to describe the job in terms of these things, you know. You want to talk about prospecting. You want to talk about customer focus. Talk about storage. Let's talk about all these attributes because that's going to attract the right person. That's going to attract the salesperson you want, and it's going to repel those that don't. If you put prospecting in there, that's going to turn off a lot of people. And it's like, well, you know, maybe instead of 100 applications, you get 10 because they're scared off by that word prospecting. Good. You don't have to waste your time with the other 90. You know, why would you do that to yourself and, and cost yourself a ton of money? First, do that. Come up with a job description that fits all these things. And then, you know, when you actually, let's say you're sitting down face-to-face with an interview with them, make the questions of the interview not, you know, tell me about yourself, but, hey, tell me about your daily schedule. What, what did you do on a daily basis? And if they say, well, you know, I worked with customers and I called on accounts and, you know, I organized my CRM system, whatever, and there's nothing in there about prospecting, well, boom, red flag, and red flags are there to be paid attention to. You can you can change the questions in interviews to tailor to these things and make sure that you're eliciting the responses that are going to tell you, do they have these attributes? And, you know, so it takes a little time, you know, to spot these attributes in people but again, the questions you ask during the interview process can be very helpful in doing that. No, you're not going to get it 100% of the time. You're going to get it right because some people are, let's face it, they're better fibbers or you know, liars than uh, they would like to think they are. People will make up stuff, you know, to get through an interview. Largely, if you tailor the right questions, it's very hard for somebody to get through the process that's actually not qualified and actually not the person that you want. So use those, those top five attributes. Make that the basis for all your hiring and your training uh, when it comes to salespeople. So now that you know these attributes and you know how to implement them, think about this, you know, if you were hiring salespeople today and a year from now, you know, what would it look like? Suddenly, instead of, you know, churning through salespeople, you know, like a lot of us have done or do, you've got a consistent group of salespeople you haven't had to hire for six months because guess what? You found the right people. The only hiring you would need to do is to expand even further because your sales are going so good. You know, you don't have the stress of having to fire people. You don't have the stress that it causes others, the staff in there, if you hire the wrong people. Because let's face it, if you've got good salespeople sitting with people who are not so good and who have, don't have these attributes, and those people are sitting there playing Tetris or poker or whatever it is on the computer these days, while the other person is prospecting, it's going to hurt morale. So, you know, it not only uh, helps morale with the other salespeople, it helps morale with the other people in the company. And, you know, let's... Let's say, again, it's about money. It's a huge amount of money you can save by doing this, by getting it right the first time. So it's a stress reliever for you. So there you are. You've relieved a bunch of your stress, made a ton more money. You've had, you know, got stability, you know, and you don't spend all your time trying to hire and fire. 
I mean, um, that, that is definitely worth your time, in my opinion. So I hope this was helpful, uh, and um, I will see you on the next uh, episode. Thanks for listening today. I know your time is valuable, and it's an honor to serve you. You know, if you found the content useful today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave an honest review with your feedback, whether it's good or bad. And also, you know, if you want to get exclusive access to some extra resources like behind the scenes and bonus audio and video and things like that, you know, click on the link in the description to join our VIP list. You know, then as new resources come out, we'll notify you first, uh, even before the general public can get access to them. And most of all, just remember, there's no unrealistic goals, just unrealistic timeframes. So take what you learned today and put it to work in your business. You won't regret it.